Welcome to Reinventing the Future by HP Tech Ventures. I'm your host, Bonnie Day. In this podcast, we go behind the scenes with startup founders and entrepreneurs who are defining tomorrow's world and experiences. We are talking innovation, their groundbreaking ideas, their big picture strategies, and how they continually adapt to our ever-changing world. Their stories will inspire you to dream big, tap into your inner innovator, and create the future you imagine. In today's episode, we're talking with Martin Joris, one of the co-founders at Twicket. Twicket enables companies to digitally manufacture individualized products on demand at a large scale. Their software lets companies and consumers customize electronics, car parts, orthotics, and more. Hey, Martin, how are you? Hey, Bonnie, I'm good. How are you? Let's start with you telling us who you are, introduce yourself, your name, your title, a little bit about your company. Sure. So my name is Martin, Martin Joris. I'm uh, one of the co-founders at uh, Twicket. Uh, Twicket is a uh, B2B uh, software company in the space of digital uh, manufacturing. And when did you found the company? Well, we, uh, we founded the company at the end of uh, 2012. We were, I can say, real pioneers in uh, utilizing digital manufacturing and 3D printing to enable customization for brands. So we founded uh, the company with three uh, co-founders. My background back then was 3D printing space. So I previously worked at uh, Materialize, which is one of the global leaders, uh, I can say, in the, in the core additive uh, technologies. And um, my co-founder was more in the consumer space, communication space. And um, well, we started, we started brainstorming and thinking on basically how we could bring the power of additive manufacturing to more brands and to consumers. And uh, then, yeah, we stumbled upon the concept of a, uh, of a customization software platform which makes it really easy in the front end because it needs to be really easy, right, for, for, for consumers like you and me to customize their product, but at the same time connected with the complex backend of uh, unique uh, manufacturing, automatically uh, creating the, the production-ready uh, files. Um, back then, we were seeing the first hints of uh, 3D printing moving into serial production. And so, so the start of the technology was really about rapid prototyping for designers to, to make something, to see how the design looked like, and then basically uh, throw it away and, and use it to develop their uh, products. But, uh, but yeah, in that, in that time, the, the technology started maturing, and you notice the first consumer brands, medical brands, um, other brands to use it for actual serial uh, production. Mm-hmm. And that triggered us seeing the, the technologies evolve. That, of course, triggered us to think on what would be the next step being customization, unique parts for one uh, person. So when you were younger, before you started your company, did you have any idea where you were going to go in your life? Did you have a vision for yourself? Well, I, I felt pretty, pretty fast. That I that I wanted to to be an entrepreneur. That's something I always imagined for myself. But yeah, jumping into the three D printing space was more of, to be honest, it was more of a coincidence. 
I was graduating and I was going through back then it was in a magazine. You could look at the open positions, right? And I remember there was a design car and it mentioned something on rapid prototyping. So and I was in product development, right? So you like design cars. So I, I thought, hmm, let's check out this company. And that's how I stumbled into it. For me, it's always been important to do something with products. And again, what's next? What type of products can we bring to market to make it better for, for consumers and, and people? So yeah, the combination of entrepreneurship and bringing products to market, I think I felt that quite, quite early, early on. A lot of imagination. I liked, I liked drawing. I made a lot of tons of drawings, but also inventing games, for example. Uh, if, if friends would come out to, to play, to invent a new game that we could play together. Yeah, again, it was a lot about invention. Uh -huh. uh, yes, I like to do that as a kid. So have you also always been sort of future-minded? I mean, was the future always something that you were focused on? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like history, of course, and to look, to look back at, at all the great things that have been built. It can also be a learning, but no, you could really say that um, I like to focus on, on the future and think on the future. What's so interesting about, you know, entrepreneurial thinking and innovative thinking is that you do have to stay a step ahead all the time. You always have to be just up the road from the rest of the world. So were you monitoring trends? Were you really looking out there in the world and saying what's coming? Is that part of what made you a success? Yeah, sure. It's um, uh, for me and for us as co-founders and for the team, the, the mission, it has always been clear that there is a, a better way to put uh, products into the markets, right? And, and step away, at least for uh, the, the right applications to step away from mass production or stepping away from uh, doing things manually with your hand in order to get to a customized product and utilizing these new technologies. I mean, for us, that has always been a clear road where we needed to, to steer to. Um, and that, that, that was in the beginning. And for us, it was really clear, uh, as I already mentioned, that we needed to bring simplicity in a very technological world where there was a lot going on about uh, materials and layer thickness and build orientation, how we could really add the flavor uh, and simplicity to the, to the core of it. Because it's so important if you want to uh, bring things to the consumer space yeah, again, that, that's for us a driver uh, in the technology. Yeah, but I think it, yeah. that's a great point because you, you're talking about the core here of selling. You know, it's, it's one thing to have a wonderful product. It's one thing to be thinking ahead and be innovative, but it's another to get others to latch on to your vision and to mm -hmm. see it. And so mm -hmm. simplicity really is a key, right? I mean, you have to be able to explain it and help them visualize what the future is going to look like. That's part of your job. Yes, that, that's absolutely true. Um, certainly, uh, we, we buy online, right? We, we buy many products online. It needs to be fast. It needs to work on a, on a mobile. All of these things that I say are very normal for us. But if you come out of a space where a product needs to be customized, you also need to sell it in a customized way. You need to see as a consumer or maybe as a doctor in a clinical application, that's also possible. You really need to see in real time what you are creating and what you are going to get, right? Now, what do you think is the bigger challenge? Getting a brand to embrace the vision, 
to see the vision, to see the value, or to get a customer, you know, a, a, an end customer to say, oh, I really want to personalize that product. What do you mm-hmm. think is bigger challenge? Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a great uh, question. Actually, there are um, quite a lot of products already where there's personalization going on, right? And as, as a consumer, the moment to take a pair of glasses, as an example, the moment you will put on a pair of glasses on your face that is really personalized for your eyes, for your style, you will instantly feel, oh, this is, this is better for me. The same is true with shoes. The same is true with fashion. The same is true for medical applications like a brace, for example, um, or, or, or a helmet. If you do extreme sports and you want to be uh, very well uh, protected, you feel it. But I think looking back um, at the roads for Twikit so far, the first years were a lot about uh, preaching the story to brands like, hey, guys, you need to look at customization. You really need to bring personalized products to the market in order to capture the value for you, but also for the end customer, simply bringing better products to the market. Where recently, you will really see that personalization has really become a, a, a mega trend. And so consumers are asking for personalization and brands also see that the most sustainable way to put a product into the market is to make it uniquely for one person when they really ordered it, when they really want to use it uh, and bring something personalized on demand in the most sustainable way to, to the front. And so this has been, I think, the last years of, of Twicket, where uh, for us, preaching the story is gone and it's more, more about making the technology really accessible and, and, and scaling up the platform. So early stages of your company, did you guys have an idea right away of who you were going to be selling to, of what kind of products were going to want this personalization and customization, or did it sort of evolve naturally? Well, I do, I do remember in the beginning stages, we already had huge uh, maps, visual maps of what all the future uh, applications could, could, uh, could, uh, could look like. Uh, but, but in the far beginning of Twicket, uh, there was even a moment where we thought like, Okay, uh, Twikit, uh, it can be a consumer brand which brings customer products to, to the front end, right? Uh, but then the moment we put some products live in a, in a website, we noticed that it were brands who were reaching out to us and said like, okay, guys, what you are showing here, this is for us the future of, again, bringing personalization to, to the front end. We want to work with you. And back then, uh, Bonnie, it was, uh, it was retail. So in the beginning, 2013, 2014, uh, 15, it was a lot about retailers who needed to reinvent themselves, uh, go more omnichannel. So not only brick and mortar, but also go online and using customization as a driver. Also a lot of jewelry, uh, these kind of applications. And then over time, we decided with the company, these are great applications and we want to go into markets and uh, verticals, businesses, which are even more high added uh, value. And for us, that was to, uh, automotive. Uh, that was a decision we made in 2016, 2017, and a little bit later to also take the same software platform to healthcare and uh, medical. Um, I think over time, there's a ton of applications. I think every um, application will be affected with customization. But as a skill-up, you need to make choices, right? And you need right. to have a focus and you need to find the right applications which are ready to be transformed. 
And that's not only software, that's also looking at materials, that's looking at yep. the 3D printers, which can produce at the right, uh, right, right uh, price point. So we still have, um, let's say, uh, an application router today in our company, which we really use to steer what will be today's application and what will be next. So it's clear that you began this company with a big, bold vision. You had this idea that you were going to bring something really valuable. And I have absolutely no idea that you had a lot of passion for it. But, you, you know, it's, it's very clear. But, but I guess what I make, my question here is, if you're sitting there with this big, bold idea and your co-founders and you say, okay, we're going to bring this to market, there's a huge commute between your idea and the actual company. So tell me about the early days. Tell me about how you got from there to here and how you chart that path when you really only have the vision and you don't necessarily have the steps yet to get there. Yeah, it, it's all about thinking big and then uh, taking small steps, right? I feel that's also something we did really well along the way where maybe other companies remained on the vision but we always took yeah the small steps. The beginning of the company were really bootstrapped, right? We were some small funding, the three co-founders, and we we just started building ourselves. But the great thing um, we 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 also did, I think, is we we went out really fast, talking to people, talking to brands, talking to jewel brands, talking to to those retailers, and uh, trying to onboard them as early as possible with your product. And that's how you learn, right? You can you can sit on a table and, and write strategies and a tactical plan for, for a long time, but in the end, you need to go out. And that's, that's really the power of a startup and starting up that you do stuff. And by doing stuff, you learn and you take a step and a step and a step, and suddenly you're building the vision. I imagine that the level of passion that you have helps when things get tough. But what do you do when you know you run into an obstacle where you have to pivot when the circumstances just aren't what you imagined? You know, how do you handle that? Positive thinking, right? And having a positive mentality in that what we have as co-founders for sure. We always think in in opportunities. And yeah, we learn quickly. We can we can we can steer along and 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 for sure. Uh, sometimes it's it yeah it is tough if you encounter a lot of, of problems on, on a short time, but then you fall back on your passion and you fall back on your team right and that's so important that you build a company not only with co-founders and building the vision but also build the right team around you the right team uh, the right group of of uh, people who can can really help you so you're you're together when you need to solve a, a problem. Yeah, and let's talk about team because that is a great point. You, as an innovative company, have to have not only a dream for what you're building, but you have a dream for the people that are going to be around you and help you build. So mm -hmm. what do you look for? We, um, we really hire um, with the saying, passion above, above skills. We've continuously onboarded people here who, uh, who send us spontaneous letters and then again and again, because what we do is quite, it's on a crossroad of software and 3D printing and product development. So many things are coming together. So one, you need a very mixed multidisciplinary team, but second, 
people who are often have a combination and that means you have a very specific interest, for example, to combine 3D and software. And, and Belgium and the Benelux appears to be a great place to, to find this kind of people because we have a rich uh, ecosystem here. And yeah, the fact that they, they push you spontaneously and they keep on doing that, yeah, that then you see, okay, those guys or girls, they have the passion to, to join us. So for us, that's, that's a very important driver in selecting people and onboarding. Yeah, you're very fortunate because if your team comes to you, then they're kind of self-selected and you know that they want to be there. Do you still find that there are times when you need to incentivize, when you need to lift up, when you need to evangelize to your own people? It's very important uh, as a co-founder and as a leadership to to show to show the way, right? And 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 as you mentioned, if problems uh, pop up, something something is blocking a, a specific application, you need to you need to be there for your team. And, and, and be there with positive energy and, and always be available. We are very available. We, we, we are always there to pick up the phone or to think along and to, yeah, remain, remain positive and, and thinking, thinking opportunities. That's, that's really important. Now, do you find it helpful to embed play and time off and those sort of incentives? Do you find that helpful? Yeah, sure. We've, um, we've, we've done... Um, quite some, um, how to say, actions already in the company where we, for example, spent a certain time together with the team and we really mixed the team. For example, we take a product designer, we take two software developers, we take uh, a commercial uh, guy or girl, we, we really put them together and they can work on a subject that they like, that they choose. And uh, yeah, really, if looking back at those initiatives, these were the moments that that new things popped up. It can be a new functionality for the platform or maybe a new application or maybe an internal problem or a process that was missing that is suddenly solved because people get the free time to uh, yeah to think on these things. At the same time, we have values hanging on the wall here literally. And one of the values is we are curious. We always want to go outside, look in the world and, and, and see how something uh, works, which is, of course, very important if you want to do innovation. So how do you personally stay inspired and motivated? I mean, you've been doing this a while now and things have changed a lot since the beginning. What do you do to just sort of keep yourself at peak performance? I really want to work on what's next. That, that's really important for me. So I think looking back um, with the co-founders at, at the roads of, uh, of Twicket and moving from consumer products into automotive in 2017, or even the bigger step moving into healthcare and medical in, in 2019 by taking the same platform, but, but of course, making it ready for a new, new application. These are big steps. And this is what gives me energy to, to go out for the, the new things and, 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 and work on this. I would assume the point that you're at the partnerships become really key to your growth. Yeah, if we if we want to bring the end-to-end -end applications to market, I mean, we can do that with Twicket, and we will scale up, right? And then you have big companies uh, around us who have yeah a lot of uh, market channels, big uh, sales team, big business development teams, and we really like to work 
together with them to, to bring that box that we talked about to the front end. So for us, it's really important to, to, to scale up. Let's talk a little bit about the partnership with HP. Um, because it's you know it's interesting. I mean, they partner with a lot of different innovative companies, but in this particular case, you guys really have an incredible marriage, right? So, if you look at the industry today and how you can uh, transform it and increase the speed of transforming businesses, it's really crucial to bring. It's what we call end-to-end solution to to brands who want to tap into customization. So that means that everything needs to be connected and everything needs to be flushed out. And that goes all the way from, is a material good enough? And is a specific lattice or a specific structure? Is this validated for, for example, a midsole or for an insole? Is the software platform uh, there? Is it easy enough? And is it relevant enough so that the end user will, will use it and would like to use it? Is all of it connected? And that's what we call the end-to-end solution. And for brands, it should be as easy as opening a box to step into customization a proposition. And I think here, this is where we find a great alignment with, with, with HP. And we feel that HP, they have the same uh, vision. They all also want to use the technology for a more sustainable world, better products, healthcare, medical, um, and transform the market by having the end-to-end solutions. And we are very uh, complementary, Bonnie. So we are, we are really focused on customization and on connecting the, the far front end of the application with the manufacturing hubs. And HP has great technology and propositions um, for the actual manufacturing around the globe, uh, very good uh, materials. So yeah, by working together in the partnership, we really connect the dots, right? And, and we bring it forward as an, as an, uh, as an end-to-end solution. So it, it's a great fit. So what has been the biggest win for you personally in this journey? It's um, oh, so many, so many wins I, I think on right now, but personally it's about, often it's, a, it's about onboarding the first customer for an application um, that was once a vision and then became really an, an actual product. So yeah, I think I can mention, for example, uh, BMW as a customer who really with Mini, Mini yours customized and Mini is a great car. It's a design car with, with a huge fan base. With Mini yours customized, really showcased the automotive world, how customization could, could look like. Or more recently, looking at medical and healthcare, where we also are really onboarding tons of customers now really fast. Um, yeah, so, so you feel that the vision becomes, becomes a reality. For me, these are the biggest wins. So as a designer yourself, it must be really thrilling to be giving other people the experience of being designers. Yes, it's, it's a great feeling. And I think the, the moments, what felt for me as a very important moment is, is when I started working in, in the 3D printing space like 50 years ago. And back then it was really called rapid prototyping. And um, yeah, I, I designed stuff in 3D for my job, but also as a hobby. And then sending something to those, those printers, something that is unique. And you really see it coming out of a technology and it's your unique part. That was a, it was a magical moment for me. And I think that was also a trigger to start thinking on, okay, how can we bring this magic to, yeah, to, to consumers? Where, of course, it's also important that some people like to design a lot and they want to spend time on it. And some people, they like to 
make their own choices, but they don't want to spend too much time on it and they want to they want to keep it fast so it's really important for each application to to think on this also so what do you think what do you think inspires you the most in life that's a good question as a product designer i can really be inspired by by beauty of of products or or architecture or art, that kind of stuff. And do you make an effort to inspire others around you? I mean, do you you find yourself uh, trying to lend some of the learnings that you've gotten to those around you? Yeah, I think that's really important. And I, I, I try to do this as well for my kids and to, to try to let them go out and, and make sure they can think freely and also imagine, right? But, but of course, also for the team, it, it's really important to sometimes bring things to work, which are maybe not really close to what we do today, but talk on other stuff and, and show similarities, that kind of thing. Or, or also young entrepreneurs around us also, also do um, some initiatives there. So paint a picture for me of life in 15 years from now. What is life going to be like? How much is this customization and personalization going to play a part? See, specifically for, for, for digital manufacturing and, and, and sustainable uh, manufacturing, it uh, will really have changed markets and, and how products are uh, brought to, to market. And this can be automotive. Um, I can take automotive as an example, for example. We, we all see that cars are becoming electrified, right? And they will drive, drive autonomous. And... Car OEMs, they will more think in modules. They will maybe have one base for a car. And for them, it's interesting to produce more locally and more flexible, think more in, in small series. And they will use digital manufacturing for this. So maybe there will be manufacturing more locally, very close to the, to the garage where you buy your car or your car gets uh, delivered. And... There will be many, many medical companies, like for example, dental applications. You already see this today. The, the dental industry will be will will be fully digitalized, and it, it custom teeth and custom bones will be will be 3D printed specifically for 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 patients. And yeah, the hospital will maybe not look, or the, the orthotic hospital will not look like uh, how it looks today. Today it's an atelier. In in in, in ten years it will be like. An Apple store, right? It's very clean and you have a 3D scanner, you step in and all the rest will be automated based on your 3D scan. So these are just a couple of applications, but so, so many more things that, that will have changed. Well, let's say in my house, like in my wardrobe, in my closet, you know, how will my life look different? Okay. I think specifically your, your wardrobe and your closets, um, for sure, there will be a 3D scan of your body and based on that brands can offer clothing which is perfectly tailored for you uh, aesthetically but also functionally yeah i think maybe you will there will be lesser clothes but they will fit perfect and you will keep them longer because they have the perfect fit and you really you really like them i love that idea i make mm -hmm. shopping easier <laughs> yeah sure yeah and then what about uh Virtual clothing. Do you think that'll be part of my life? You mean in a, in a virtual world where... 
yes sure already see, see today and maybe that's the next that's the next next wave of technologies coming together where you see that uh, blockchain technology and nfts will be used to uh, whenever you buy for example a car that you will also get a digital version of your car and you will be able to use this car in 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 in, in the meta in the in the virtual worlds so yeah it, it will be as important as as the clothes you wear in in um, in, the, in, the, in real life so so as an innovator do you have advice for other entrepreneurs for other innovators that you know really really can see something that's going to make the world better but but haven't really started yet what is what is the advice you'd give yeah as simple as it sounds but get started with the first small step i think i come back to it's great to think big but then what is the first small step you you, you can take is it finding a co-founder is it finding a customer is it finding some some funding just take the leap and and with that first small step you started right and after a couple of months you look back and like oh okay i'm doing it now and uh yeah so for your children for the future what do you see that is most exciting about their lives oh they will get in touch with so many innovations and and new things from space travel uh, obviously to uh, really living in a in a global world where it will be faster to travel uh, but at the same time also remain to be local uh, and, and FFF local. But I think as a society, obviously, we also have a big thing before us, which is climate change and sustainability. And I think that's our responsibility in order to give our kids the same good world as, as we, we had when we were young, right? And, and go out into the, into the woods and be healthy with your family. So it's about... I think it's about uh, hoping that they see a lot of new stuff, but also that they have a, a good, stable life in a, in a, on a healthy globe. Mm -hmm. Excellent. That's All it. right. Well, this has been fantastic. I want to wrap up with um, a little uh, fun thing, if you don't mind, where we, sure. we do uh, rap questions that are very quick. So okay. basically, just looking for your quick, off the top of your head answers. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you had to describe yourself in one word, what would you pick? Let's say innovator. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. <laughs> and if you could have a lunch or a dinner or a Zoom call with anybody, living or dead, who do you think it would be? Oh, God. That's, that's a great question. It's, um... Or more than one. A table full. Who would you have? I would probably pick a mix of some artists and big entrepreneurs who were able to, to build huge companies. Who do you look up to as an entrepreneur? Steve Jobs, obviously. I read a ton of books uh, about him because it was also really about products, right? And, and transforming and, and having, bringing simplicity into, into products. Yes, definitely. So... Is there a word in your vocabulary that you feel like you just overuse? Let's pick a nice word, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it has, it has to be able to go on air. <laughs> I think what I hear, hear from other people is that I, um, 
how to say it in English? I use like there's a word in Dutch where you say, "Let's let's do this fast." Oh, hurry up! Yep, let's do this. Let's do this fast. Um, but actually, some often you cannot do it fast. But like, yeah, uh, but do it fast anyway. Yeah. In Dutch, let's do let's do this fast. And yeah, what do you think you're really great at? It's very specific, but often, uh, and it, I think it goes back to the story um, to visualize something in a very easy way. To, to make something yeah very visual and 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 specific for example that's that's what I hear a lot or um, also defining the first steps to make something happen anything you're really truly not great at <laughs> singing is horrible <laughs> having patience is horrible <laughs> and there are many more things. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Last question. If your life were a bumper sticker on the back of a mini, <laughs> what would it say? Just do it. Very good. And hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for talking to us. You are really, really fun to talk to. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us for episode four of Reinventing the Future by HP Tech Ventures. Many thanks to Martin Joris, co-founder of Twicket, an HP Tech Ventures portfolio company, for sharing his remarkable story with us. Join us next time for more inspiration from startup founders and entrepreneurs whose companies are making life better for everyone, everywhere. In the meantime, remember, we all have the power to shape the future. What future will you create? If you enjoyed this episode of Reinventing the Future, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a review.